opening up the mailbag as we do weekly here on the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. What's going on with the Patriots offense? What's going on with Zach Wilson? And are Matt and I sleeping on the Houston Texans? Tons more questions where those came from coming up right now. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts... Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. That's where a lot of the Twitter questions are going to come from today. We'll venture into the YouTube comments as well. So if you're watching us streaming, leave a comment there and uh, we'll chat with you weekly on our Twitter Tuesday episodes here. And we'll probably be doing some live episodes coming up, but we're still figuring out the new format here. Welcome to all of you who are watching us on the new streaming platforms that we are now on. Big things happening here with Peacock and Williamson and the Locked On Podcast Network. So glad to have a new audience out there and I'm excited for it, Matt. Excited for the new intro too. It gets me a little pumped up, Matt. I like it. I like it. Yeah, a little bit of changes here, a little little tweaks to our already good thing, making it better, you know, hopefully getting some new uh, subscribers and whatnot. And, you know, it's Twitter Tuesday. Let's dig in. As we're recording this, it seems like a little bit of a quiet time in the league. You know, everyone's kind of recovering from game number one, uh, looking at their roster a little bit. Hey, we could really use a corner. We could really – our running backs aren't where we want them to be. Or, you know, uh, it, it's a real step-back evaluation time in these front offices and coaching staffs because they have seen their players play a game against somebody else now. Absolutely. Uh, we have a question actually about one of those teams in the in the, sort of in a holding pattern right now because of their quarterback situation. And that quarterback is Zach Wilson, actually scheduled today, Tuesday, to be having his meniscus surgery. What are they going to find when they open up his knee is the big question here, because it could be a very minor surgery where they snip off a little bit of that torn meniscus. It's the exact same surgery I had when I was in my early 20s. And uh, it was a very quick recovery. Felt 100% for most of my 20s. Started to not feel 100% in my 30s. <laughs> you know, the, the knee sort of falls apart and becomes bone on bone. Depends on how much meniscus you have to take out of there. Uh, and if they have to do something even more major, if it's more of like a meniscectomy where it's a bigger surgery, it could still be a full season injury. So they're not going to know yet. So that was the latest from Rappaport yesterday about Zach Wilson and his injury. And it really puts things in doubt for the the entire franchise and of course Zach Wilson's career because he had a terrible rookie season and showed some signs and then you come out and if, you, if you're starting to miss games or even just starting the whole season injured with an injury like that it could really screw up your second year in the NFL too oh without doubt I mean it, obviously you're more on top of this procedure than I am um it, initially a lot of these Twitter doctors do tremendous work. It kind of shocks me how good they are. You know, David Chow is one that I know a little bit. You know that they they, they watch a play and review it a few times. They're like, well, that's likely an ACL or whatever. Like it blows me away that they're as good and accurate as they are. But it sounds like across the board, this one was better news than those doctors originally thought. You know, by watching the video, and it looks like they avoided massive you know problems with Wilson. But to your point, I guess you never know until you go in there. Hopefully we get some good reports later. You know, surgery was a success, and hopefully a week or two from now he's running around. But no matter what, I mean, this is even the case with Joe Burrow and his appendectomy. I mean, this is just a very valuable time of year. I know Brady's on vacation, but I think he's earned it and been around the block a little more than these other guys. You know, it's just 
such a valuable time of year for these young quarterbacks to get better, to work with their teammates. So any time missed is a setback. I mean, even with Burrow, who's a lot more established than Wilson. And there's a lot of new parts on the Jets. You know, just hired, just signed a new offensive tackle as well. So a lot of moving parts, a lot of young parts. And I hate to say it, but guys like Fields and, you know, uh, Wilson are almost at pivotal stages of their career. I mean, if this is not a successful year, there's going to be a lot of rumblings. Hey, should we draft another? Should we go make a trade? You know, and that's just how the league works, fair or not. And there was uh, a report I, I heard about, and I didn't see the interview, and I wish I would have so I could credit the person, but it was told to me from someone who saw the interview that there was uh, someone who was a you know beat reporter, someone that covers the, the Jets and watch practice, and basically said if they had to rank what the quarterbacks look like in practice, it probably would have gone Joe Flacco, Matt White, uh, Mike White. Mike, Mike White, Mike White, yeah, and then um, and Jack Wilson third as far Ooh. as how they look, and and Garrett Wilson was asked about what he thinks with uh, if if now Joe Flacco has to be the quarterback if, if Zach Wilson's out for a long time, and he basically made it seem like it wasn't going to be a big deal. So who knows? Maybe it doesn't hurt the Jets all that much because you have a veteran quarterback like Joe Flacco. Maybe you go onto the uh, the trade market and go bring in someone like Jimmy G. If it t- turns out to be an entire year of an injury, but um, obviously you would. You, you don't want the young man to have the setback because it's harder for him to reach where he needs to reach for them to be good. But you also don't want him to be a bad quarterback where it doesn't matter if you're losing out on him because then you maybe made the wrong pick in the first place. Yeah, and, and Flacco is on the very short list of remaining NFL players that I watched as a high school player, which means he's really old. <laughs> it's basically all that means is when I was a pit, I watched him and we recruited him and got him to come to pit. And, hey, I root for Joe, but I think he's pretty close to being shot. You know, I mean, I don't think you win many games with him. And I would expect him to look good in practices, but it's a lot different in games with people chasing you. And he doesn't have, you know, the mobility or the elusiveness to extend plays and never was great in that area to begin with. The Jimmy G thing to me, like when I suspected it was going to be a season long thing, I figured – a Garoppolo trade's going to get done any second now. I mean, right. the, Ni- the Niners' connections there with the coaching staff are immense. I-, I immediately thought, even like from a fantasy and Jets win-loss perspective, maybe they would even be better, you know, with Jimmy than Wilson. Um, and I still probably believe that, but I don't know if the organization would be better, you know, when you're thinking big picture. You need to play the kid and see if he's the real deal or not. I know you have a little skin in the game as a, as a Niners guy, would you still be interested in Jimmy if, let's say, this is going to be a two to four week games missed or something like that? I probably not, since you yeah. have Flacco. Kind of depends on how you feel about your guys, and I think if you bring in Jimmy, you probably are realizing that you need someone who's going to be a starter for this year and yeah, then figure yeah. out next year. So I would say probably not because if Jimmy or even they might run into that problem anyway. What if you know White is the starter in in the interim for a couple of weeks, or it's Joe mm-hmm. Flacco and they play well? And then it's hard to go back to uh, an injured player who might be performing worse than the guy who was who was just in there. And so that's that's tough, too. So this it really just puts the whole season in doubt because you almost don't if, if you're Zach Wilson and even if you're the Jets, you don't want anybody else to see a quarterback playing better than the guy that you want to be your franchise quarterback. Yeah. And I just pulled up their schedule. They host the Ravens week one. Then they go to Cleveland, which could be the backup bowl. And then they have the Bengals and then they come to Pittsburgh. So they play, that's odd. They play the entire AFC North the first 
month of the season. That's strange. But anyway, um, and I'm not even sure if he'll be ready or not for week one, but he won't be very well practiced for week one. And he will be, you know, not as elusive, not as, you know, sure. Um, he won't be 100% right away off of that knee. I'm sure you might not trust it quite as much because, you know, even though it's a quick recovery process, you're, you're going to feel something in there and maybe have a little bit more recovery time between practices and things like that to get your knee right. So it could, it could really linger for a while into the season, even the whole season, even if it is a, a short-term injury and he's back and he's, he's on the field, it might not be 100% all, all year long. Yeah, and people forget there's a human component to this, that you have to get the trust and the confidence back of 300-pound assassins falling at your legs and trying to take you apart before you can really stride off of it or use it correctly and trust it. That just takes a little bit of time, and I would expect there to be some rust for a couple weeks. And Josh has a question here. It's kind of a similar question about Jameis Winston. He says, if Jameis gets hurt again – or doesn't perform well, could the Saints be the dark horse to get Jimmy Garoppolo? And I think about this, too, because there's two different things with the Jimmy G. He's going to be gone. That final cut is August 30th. Does he get traded before then? Does the team want him or have the need enough? Does an injury happen, something like that, that forces it where a team wants to trade for him? Or does everybody wait and he hits free agency? Once he hits free agency, I would imagine there's multiple teams that are interested, especially if he comes at a a backup salary. Yeah, and, and as you're ch- talking there, I just wanted to check real quick available cap space. I assumed the Saints would have none, considering the way they operate. But they're kind of middle of the road. They got eleven six, so they're, and we know the cap doesn't really apply to that franchise. So I'm sure they could figure out a way to get him under. Um, I think they believe in Winston, though. I, I've been on on that island for a while. I'm a Winston believer. I might rather have him than Jimmy straight up. And I know that's not the question. I mean, if he were to get injured again is a totally different story, but they also have Andy Dalton for that reason. You know, not I'd rather Jimmy the Dalton, don't get me wrong, but they've kind of already built that into the plan. Next, we've got big questions about what's going on with this New England Patriots offense. Isn't it bizarre? It's bizarre. And I do have a little bit of insight there, but still have more questions than answers. Uh, And uh, Zachary has big questions about it as well. So we'll get to that and tons of other questions, including one about the Peacock and Williamson Fantasy League this year and how people can get involved in that. But first, I want to let the folks out there know about AG1. Our next partner is a product that I use literally every day. Uh, And I started taking AG1 because I wanted to start my day the best way possible. And it's the best way I've found to start my day. It used to be with a whole bunch of caffeine. And now I'm trying to cut back on the caffeine and actually finding something that's giving me energy. uh, Because caffeine kind of stopped doing that a while back. Uh, Better gut health. More energy. Optimized immune system. Uh... You know, you don't want to take pills and vitamins and supplements. How about just one scoop of athletic greens, AG1, one scoop of AG1 in a cup of water, and boom, you've got 75 high-quality vitamins and minerals to start your day. Whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's everything you need to start your day. The first thing you do is you drink one scoop's worth of a glass in a glass of water of AG1. And man, uh, after a couple of days, I really started to feel the difference. And so I'm trying to convert to decaf coffee because I still enjoy drinking some coffee, right? <laughs> but uh, that AG1 gave me all the benefits that I was really hoping I would get from the caffeine that I just wasn't getting. And it's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat 
keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, artificial anything. And it was put together by a guy who uh, had to take an insane amount of supplements every day as part of his health routine. And he realized there had to be a better way to do this, and he found it with Athletic Greens. So he created the company and was able to cut down on his costs, less than $3 a day that you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. So uh, Athletic Greens is something that you can start taking right now and really help your health and get your day started right. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network for that deal. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. For your second listen, make sure you're checking out everything else going on in the Locked On Podcast Network, including Vinny Iyer and his 20 years of experience and fantasy, Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. Get ready for those fantasy football drafts. Make sure you're checking out Matt Williamson and his co-hosts on the Locked On Dynasty Podcast daily right here on the network. I'm doing Locked On 49ers, but if you're not a 49ers fan, that's okay. Your team is covered right here every day, no matter the sport, on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. That's the slogan. That's what we do every day, Matt. And uh, I want to talk about the New England Patriots here because uh, it's been a storyline and watching how they went through their first preseason game. It was Matt Patricia is the offensive coordinator, quote unquote, but he split play calling duties with Judge. Joe Judge is the quarterback's coach. Joe Judge in the past, as you know, has been a special teams coordinator. He has been a wide receivers coach. Um, Matt Patricia has been a defensive coordinator. And now they're kind of co-offensive coordinators. They're trying to figure out who's calling the plays. The way I understand it is Matt Patricia's called plays before, even though it was on the defensive side of the ball. So he's starting with it, but they're trying to get Joe Judge to the point where he would be the play caller, even though the quote-unquote offensive coordinator might still be Matt Patricia. That's the way it's. That's the way it looks like it's going right now. And the question from Zachary here says, with the Pats and Finns now picking up the Shanahan scheme this year, is it going to be the dominant offensive scheme in the NFL? Seems like almost half the league is running it now. If everyone is running the Shanahan scheme, is anyone ever going to figure out how to stop it? So, I've, I mean, there's multiple layers to this question. Yeah. So one is just with the Patriots. And I hadn't really heard this about the Shanahan scheme. And I don't think they're bringing in necessarily the Shanahan scheme because they've had the Earhart Perkins there forever since uh, – was it Charlie Weiss? I think maybe brought that into the to the Patriots. And um, the way I understand it, and I was listening to an interview with Tom Curran, who covers the Patriots very closely. And essentially, it was just getting to like you have a Hall of Fame quarterback, maybe the greatest quarterback ever, that's dialed into this offense for twenty years. It was just getting too complex and too difficult for wide receivers coming into the system. And it was no surprise that some wide receivers that were uh, that picked it up more easily were former quarterbacks like Edelman and. Um, yeah. yeah, there's been a few others there with the Patriots. They've actually had a lot of former quarterbacks uh, and, and some guys would struggle picking up that offense. So they wanted to simplify it. Now, it's hard to bring in the Shanahan scheme if you're not even have any if you don't have any coaches that were coaching under Shanahan to bring that scheme in. So I think when you see the Shanahan thing, I think they're just trying to bring in some of the elements from a good offensive scheme in the NFL. And so that's probably the way it is. And and, and if, if, if the idea is to make it easier and faster to run your offense, the Shanahan schemes has got the, the hardest verbiage to learn in the league. So I don't think you want to bring that in either. So I think maybe bring in some elements, keep the 
the verbiage that your young quarterback who just learned an offense already knows and maybe make things go faster. So to me, what that tells me is they're going to run some more outside zone mm-hmm. runs and maybe some more motion. That That's probably all of the Shanahan elements that will actually come to fruition with the Patriots. I don't know if they're necessarily bringing in the Shanahan scheme, but there is, to answer the question, a ton of, you know, Shanahan tree, McVeigh tree, which is kind of the Shanahan tree, Kubiak tree, you know, all those sure. coaches. There's a ton of those now in the NFL, and at, at a certain point, it, it's just it's a matter of who – you can run the same scheme, and everyone's going to know how to stop it. It's like when everyone started running the cover two, and then everyone wanted to go to the three, four, you know, and it's just – you know, it, it's a copycat league, and, and you're kind of chasing your tail a little bit, but the more teams that run a certain thing, the easier it is to stop it. But what you don't have when you're running a Shanahan or McVay scheme, quote-unquote, is you don't have Shanahan, you don't have McVay. Exactly. And you don't have Josh McDaniels. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, the the, the first question is, I think he's a massive loss and close to irreplaceable any way you cut it. A lot to unpack here. You said a lot of good stuff there, too. I mean, in terms of the, quote, Shanahan scheme, I do think, and last year was the first time that play action numbers weren't quite as drastic. And it used to be, you average X without play action and X plus something with play action. Well, that gap wasn't as big this past year as it was in previous years because I think defensive coordinators are just drilling it into linebackers. Play pass, play pass. Don't ever bite. Don't ever bite. You know, I mean, and kind of Belichick started that a lot of that with the, against the Rams, you know. So um, we do see those trends. You mentioned a couple of them. Um, for example, the Seattle cover three Legion of Boom swept the league. Well, then they came up a bunch of route, route concepts that destroys the Legion of Boom, you know, stuff. And there's no perfect defense. There's no perfect offense or everyone would run it. Um, I want to focus on the Patriots, though. Whether they're moving more towards the Shanahan scheme, I, I, I've heard that for a while now. I know it's just one pick, but you mentioned, you know, Pierre Strong is a great fit for that scheme. Well, you know. Maybe, you know, that's an indicator that that's the type of back they're after now, you know, the, the speed guy. Um, but this sounds just like a glorious mess to me. In, <laughs> I mean, I think you nailed it with, okay, you have a phone book that Brady knows cover to cover. And then every year you add 15 more pages to that phone book, another 15 more pages. But not everyone lasts. 20 years and have been there since the phone book was written the first time. So these, all these guys have to jump on a moving train and they're going to adjust to Belichick, you know, McDaniels and Tom, of course, because it's working, you know, but it was really hard on receivers and they've been about the worst team in the league at developing wide receivers. And I think the mental part of it is as big as any, a lot of option routes and, you know, but don't you remember back in 2012 when we beat the bears by doing this? No, I don't remember. I was 10. You know, like the ancient history stuff is great, but it's ancient history. But here's what it sounds like is the current situation. I'm not sure who was who, but one of those two coaches who were both former head coaches, too. You, you, You mentioned their background, but they were both former head coaches, unsuccessful, but they were, you know, sought of enough to get that job. One of them handled all of Bailey Zappi's calls. And the other one handled all of Hoyer's calls, who happens to be one of those people on the short list that I watched in high school, which, again, means you're really old. And the other guy's a total rookie. Like, you can't possibly – those two are going to decipher things night and day just in terms of their experience. 
And I'm not sure if you're familiar with Greg Bedard, but he's a good guy to check out because I forget who you referenced that's a Patriot beat writer in the loop there. Greg has a pay site that is all New England sports. And he flat out said he's got a great football background. And he and he said, in all my years of watching training camp, I've never seen an offense worse than this one. You know, like every practice is worse than the next. It sounds horrible to me. And you got to blame Belichick, right? I mean, if it looks that bumbling in the real life, it Bill's in charge. You uh, you absolutely have to. And he, he's earned the right to say, okay, if right. Bill thinks this is the way to go, let's go. But it's he's not perfect, and he's screwed some things up in the past. And we've talked about how the roster's in bad shape. And now if you don't have guys or you have too many cooks that, that are trying to – operate this offense uh even if bill is able to scheme up the defensive side of the thing i mean it, it could just get pretty pretty ugly pretty quick so yeah i mean yeah. i don't think they're particularly talented on offense i mean mac jones looks like a i don't want to say a star but a keeper i mean he looks like a, an nfl starter like he's over that hump are, are you gonna you know hurt that growth and take him a step backwards by doing all this stuff i mean uh, Belichick deserves every benefit of the doubt. Who am I to even question it? But I think you could look at him and Pete Carroll and say, hey, Tom Landry's last two years weren't glorious. Don Shula, <laughs> Chuck Noll, you know, like there's, it, it doesn't end well for these guys, you know. There's a beach somewhere that would be that's kind of calling your name. You know what I mean? At a certain right, right, right. point, you get it's like, do you really want to drag this out and have everyone remember the bad couple of years at the end or, or, or would you rather have gone out on top? So that's uh, yeah, that's definitely interesting to follow there with both Seattle and the Patriots. But as of now, if, if you're just on the outside looking in, maybe they'll get it right. But it's like, okay, well, let's see the signs of it being right because there's been no reports. Definitely didn't look like it during the preseason game. And uh, reports out of camp are, are even worse. So so what is that going to look like? Let's see it first, and then maybe we'll we'll start to believe again. But, yeah, you're right. Bill gets the, the benefit of the doubt and probably be the only coach in the league that would even have the opportunity to try this. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, right. And I want to check their schedule real quick, too, because I think you want to get the Patriots early in the season because the chances of getting the kinks worked out by then seem slim. But they go to at Miami the first week, at the Steelers, uh, Baltimore at home, and then at the Packers. So that's a rough first start of defenses. Very interesting. That'll be a fun one to watch there with the New England Patriots. Uh, there's questions about our fantasy football league, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But I, I want to let folks know out there about the Elias Game Plan app as it pertains to winning those fantasy football leagues. It's almost the start of the NFL season, and of course, everyone loves this time of year. And if you're into sports betting or fantasy, you need a competitive edge to win. And there's so much information out there, so why not go to the best? That's why there is the Elias Game Plan app. If the name Elias and sports sound familiar to you, yeah, because the Elias Game Plan is the only sports app with the most trusted name in sports statistics. That is the Elias Sports Bureau, the official statisticians of U.S. pro sports leagues, including the NFL. So it's the ultimate sports betting fantasy companion for NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball. Their app lets you access team and player stats, head-to-head team comparisons, uh, advanced stats, Elias insights from the Elias Sports Bureau's research team, uh, expert game analysis for betting, building your fantasy team, and of course, impressing your friends or really just, you know, having bragging rights over your friends. That's what it's all about for some of these leagues. Sometimes you might be in it for the money. Some people are just in about it for the bragging rights uh, with their buddies. So perfect for the preseason. You can get player previews to help you draft a winning 
fantasy team and team previews so you know what to expect as the regular season kicks off. So take our advice, download the Elias Game Plan app today with new features available all the time. Take your game to the next level. NFL season's right around the corner, so don't wait. Get ready for those drafts. Find the Elias Game Plan app in the App Store or the Play Store today. I'm tell you folks about uh, Built Bar because my favorite flavor of Built Bar is peanut butter, and they've got the peanut butter lovers bundle right now at Built.com. The peanut butter had sold out for a while, and I was really excited to see it back. So you know I've got a couple of boxes headed my way of the peanut butter, one of the new best flavors that the folks in uh, the Locked On DMs are talking about right now is the cookie dough chunk puffs, and it is a favorite, and those might go quickly as well. Chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. But why are you reaching for a built bar instead of anything else? Well, that's because it is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's unbelievable how amazing some of these built bars taste, yet they are high in protein, low in calorie, and low in sugar. The cookie dough chunk puffs, only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Most built bars have only 130 to 150 calories, only five grams of sugar. And uh, 16 to 18 grams of protein. So it's pretty unbelievable what they're able to do at built.com. And you can get 15% off your next box with our promo code. All you got to do is go to built.com, use promo code locked 15 to get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. Okay, Matt, are we sleeping on the Houston Texans as Juan in the YouTube comments says we are. And I feel like we didn't include, and this is a comment that was about our podcast last week on the mailbag. And we were asked about the sleeper teams, the teams that have been counted out that we think could surprise people. And we talked about the New York jets. If Zach Wilson was to take that next step. And over the course of last week, that looks a little bit dimmer. Uh, We've talked about the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Carolina Panthers with Baker Mayfield. Now we didn't mention the Houston Texans. We feel like they're a year away from being a year away. Uh, Juan disagrees with that. Do you think we are sleeping on the Texans? Oh, that's interesting. I mean, this time, 365 days ago, I didn't think the Bengals had any chance to go to the Super Bowl. And I'm not saying, you know, Houston's the, this year's version. I don't believe that. But I think you can not squint that hard and say, I think they have a legit NFL quarterback, kind of like I just talked about, Mac Jones, you know, that, that he's over the hump that you know, Mills is going to be one of the best 30 on the planet, in my opinion. I think the O-line's better. Maybe most importantly, I think they'll have a semblance of a running game. And the reports today are Pierce is likely to be the top ball carrier, which I think is what you want to hear. I think he's a grinder, pounder, punisher behind an improved O-line. I like their weapons. You know, guys like Nico Collins and Brevin Jordan aren't household names, but I'm intrigued. And I think the arrow is pointing up on those guys. And if you go look at their defensive stats last year, they were not aided by the offense at all. But it wasn't a horrific off the defense. I mean, it's kind of not exactly star-studded, and maybe Stingley's a new star there. I could see that sooner than later. So I think that the direction is going forward for the first time in three to five years. Um, I still think they need another offseason. Of, the, the concrete's poured. The foundation's nice. But the house needs built still. You know what yeah, I mean? It's, yeah. it's still not something you want to live in quite yet. Right, uh, so, right. Uh, yeah. 
to answer the question, I guess we are still sleeping. Uh, and there's a yeah. reason everyone's sleeping on the Houston Texans. And if they were to win a whole bunch of games, it would be a huge surprise. And mm-hmm. uh, you don't see many people who are not Texans fans that are really finding a way to be like, yeah, okay, the Texans are ready. They're ready to go. Maybe next year at this time we'll feel that way. Uh, I just don't see. I just don't think they have uh, enough talent in totality on the roster. Yeah, and something we do every year is, you know, we have a show doing over-under win totals, which direction we would go. And I probably will take the over, not knowing what theirs is. I know it'll be one of the lowest in the league. I mean, I don't think six or seven wins is crazy, you know, especially if they're good in the margins. And what I mean by that is win the special teams battle more often than not. Don't you have an awful turnover differential? You know, things like that, which I expect them to be, you know, solid in, you know, and, and have a foundation. Yeah, no, that's a good way to look at it. I mean, uh, six is uh, six would win you the over. I, I believe they were at five and a half. And that makes sense. Yeah, they're one of the top, the bottom three. So it was the Bears. Or I think the Falcons lowest, and the Bears and the Texans were third lowest. I think you're right. Were under something like that. So yeah, I mean that's a, that's a great season. Six seven wins. Build keep building that thing. Yeah, right. And then you draft a, a stud defensive player or you know whomever, and add a couple more things in free agency, and then next year at this time we might be saying. Boy, this division looks very winnable for Houston. You know, I could see Tennessee declining rapidly. Um, what's Matt Ryan have left? I mean, things happen quick in this league, and I like the direction the Jags are going. But they've pretty much won no games in the last in their existence <laughs> in the last decade. You know, uh, we mentioned the Bears there. How about this one from May? We'll finish with this question: Is Roquan Smith? Worth more because the linebacker position across the league is not very good. So there's a couple things. Is mm. the linebacker position bad in the NFL right now? And is Roquan Smith worth more because of in comparison, it's harder to find a stud linebacker these days? I don't know if I don't know if either one of those is true. I kind of lean towards the linebacker position isn't great right now. You know, like when we did some of those top 10 lists. It's a true linebacker, off the ball guys. I'm not talking about TJ Watt and Edge guys. There's no Ray Lewis, Keekly, you know, no-brainer Hall of Famer type, I don't think, in the league right now. And Bobby Wagner's on his way down. I love Warner and Leonard, but I wouldn't put him in, like, that class, you know, Ray Lewis, Jack Lambert, you know, and Singletary, those type of guys. Um, I think the position's harder now than ever. I think rookies and young guys, including Roquan Smith early in his career, struggle now at that position much more than ever because of the Shanahan system and the play action and the motion and, you know, the, all the coverage responsibilities. If you can't cover, you're worthless, you know, and you still have to be big enough to play the run, which you know, narrows that down more than it used to. Um, however, I think Roquan's a very good linebacker, and he would be in my top ten. But the way some people are making it sound, like everyone here in Pittsburgh, trade, trade everything for Roquan Smith. I think he's a really good player, but I don't think he's an elite player. You know, I think some of his status and what he's asking for contractually might be a little higher than what he truly is, but he's still ascending. Yeah, I would say there's fewer difference-making linebackers in the NFL just because the position's been devalued because of what you have to do at that position. Mm-hmm. You know, the Jack Lambert's of the world, Mike Singletary's of the world wouldn't be good linebackers nowadays. No, right. You know, and Roquan Smith isn't such a great linebacker that he's you know, among the even the league, I wouldn't put him in the at the, at the top of the list of linebackers no, no. either. So it's not like you're getting that guy that's that huge difference maker. Would he be better than what some teams have? Yes, but um, might be overplaying his hand as far as value right now. I don't know what the Bears would get if they did dangle him, but I did like that little uh, trade that you threw out there with the Steelers, <laughs> Chase Claypool. You know, because of the need for wide receivers in Chicago. 
clearing a path for George Pickens in in Pittsburgh. I did like the the deal you had there with um, I believe it was. Did you have a linebacker going the other way as well? What I did was Bush, who has struggled and his stock has gone down. Bush, Bush started his career like Roquan, kind of. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, even Devin White, you know, Devin White was in the Super Bowl and he plays next to a great player. But his ups and downs are equally crazy. You know, like he's all over the place, too. Bush has really fallen off and worries me. Uh, the, the, the trade I threw out was Claypool, Bush, and a mid-round pick, you know, for Roquan, something like that. Uh, you know, uh, who knows? I mean, they could probably do better than that. I mean, Bush I don't know if they could. I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, I love that. Actually, I think it makes sense for both teams. We're out of mm-hmm. time here, so we can't really go too deep into that one. But uh, it would be fascinating. There's a few players that could get moved before the season starts. I think everyone's going to end up standing pat for the most part and holding on to those guys. Maybe some some minor moves do happen out there. As far as the question about the Peacock and Williamson Fantasy Football League this year, tune in next Tuesday to the mailbag <laughs> and we'll have some more details on it. But I can tell you that the draft won't be coming until after the preseason game so we've got a few weeks to figure this out get our league populated and then you can take on both matt and i in fantasy football this year that's a lot of that yeah you get dominated (laughs) Uh, no Uh, thanks everybody for making us your first listen matt and i back tomorrow peacock and williamson